Welcome back to Atypically Topical. What's going on, Mindy? Nothing. I saw you wanted to you wanted to interrupt or say something. But I, was, I was getting to say what up. I, I learned to not have as <laughs> any kind of uh, pause. <laughs> You're like me with my students, man. What? Well, because I have a student right now that um, that he has. What's his full name? <laughs> his name is. He lives in this. No, but um, he has um, ADHD, like a lot of my kids do, uh-huh. uh, and sometimes that any ADHD manifests in them talking a lot, <laughs> too much. Uh-huh. So you have to get to, your, like a word in edgewise before they just. Well, no, I just have to be like, if you if they start a conversation, like, man, did you hear about blah 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 blah? I'd be like, uh, no, but let's get back to what we're doing. Like, it's, it's just I, <laughs> I just gotta I go, boy, get to the point, and let's just keep working and just like acknowledge it, and then like go back to it. You're all trying to think of segues, like speaking of <laughs> speaking of cars. Do you see this car? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I guess we're back. Um, last week was interesting because it was about um, political corruption, but we had actually recorded it. I don't know if you probably didn't listen to it because we recorded it ourselves, but <laughs> I recorded like a message to, at the beginning of it just explaining that oh, yeah. it was all about political corruption, but the whole capital attack <laughs> hadn't happened yet. So obviously that's why we ignored it because that hadn't happened. Um, so since then, that happened. Yeah. So, awesome stain on our <laughs> country, um, which I might be getting into more later. Um, but for now, yeah, terrible. <laughs> Have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's that great. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, um, I mean, it's something that, um, I mean, I'm not really surprised mm-hmm. it happened. But, I mean, it was just so easy. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, it shouldn't have been that easy for them to literally go into the Capitol. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Yeah. They were, like, literally being um, escorted into the gates at first. And then, you know, they had the whole selfie with the cop (laughs) thing. And the other one guiding one down the stairs by the hand. And a lot of of craziness in there. Still a lot more investigating, a lot more, like... I think I read there were like over 300, they were expecting over 300 like cases, mm-hmm. court cases from that so far. So yeah. they're really... I, I don't know how they're going to like, you know, I, I feel like they're just going to like plead guilty. What are they going to say? <laughs> oh, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funny part is how so many of them just were like live streaming or going on social and bragging about it and like, hey, here's me with this. This is Pelosi's letter or something. Like, yeah. the hell do you think is going to happen? That's, yeah. Um, but anyways, on top of that, um, actually, this week is ironic that it's going to be hackers because I actually the main story I had, which wanted like inspired me to want to do this topic. Um, I found it um, before I got hacked recently, oh. <laughs> which, you know, most of what happened. Um, just to recap. Um, somebody compromised two of my credit cards in two days. One of them was an Amazon card. The other was for a different bank. Um, Both credit cards unrelated to each other, so not cool, (laughs) because that's like, then you're approaching like identity uh, theft theft and stuff. So, of course, I had to get both of those closed out. Um, Somebody was ordering like Russian flowers, and I had my email too, because I was getting a bunch of emails. I wonder if they're frozen. Oh, I don't know. I mean, 
What do you mean? No, the, the flowers, because they're Russian flowers, and it's cold in Russia. I was trying to make a joke. Oh. <laughs> well, you, your delivery, it was, like, so sincere. Well, if it's a joke, then I'll insert laughter there. But, <laughs> yeah, I was, I looked a little, I went onto, like, incognito and, like, a VPN, and I just looked at their site, because I don't want mm-hmm. anybody to track, you know. And it seems like they deliver, like, a lot of countries, including here. But whoever was doing it, I think they were in Russia, so... Hmm. And they kept getting emails saying your order is on its way. And then another order, there were like five total charges they were trying. Luckily, both of the banks were on top of things because they were like, um, this isn't Texas <laughs> or this isn't even the U.S. Let's uh, ask them about it. So, yeah. Got, you, don't you usually, if you're going to go out of the country, let your yeah, bank know? You let like, them know. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, if they're really smart, like. If you don't let them know, obviously they'll ask you the first time and then bam, then hey, I'm over here. Okay, <laughs> fine. You can use it there. So that happened. I had to uh, change a lot of passwords. I had to get those cards replaced. I had to call all three credit bureaus to put a freeze just so they don't like try to open anything. Um, luckily, my main bank isn't <laughs> under fire. I don't, I'm sure you haven't noticed any. You haven't had any alerts yourself? No. Nothing spreading to you, thankfully. Hopefully that's over with. I'm just waiting for my new cards now. But yeah, I got hacked. And I guess, I mean, one lesson is a lot of my passwords are kind of similar. So now I... So they're usually... It's kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> just my name backwards. <laughs> um, That'd be hard for me to do. What? Like have my pass- a password with my name backwards. Because <laughs> be- I have to like think about it and visualize it. S-E-Y-E-R... A D R N M. No, I got it wrong. Oh, well, I had the last name right. I think. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So hopefully that's all over with. But yeah, we're gonna be talking more about hacking as we go on here. Um, anything else for quarantine corner before we give you a snack? I guess you know the inauguration's in four days as of this recording. We'll probably have this up maybe Monday or Tuesday. It might be the day of. So, congrats, Biden. You're um, you stole the election. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that should be interesting. There's going to be an inauguration on Sunday. I'm excited <laughs> about it. Yeah. I'm more excited about that. That's tomorrow. Too. We need to look up how to watch it. I think oh, it's yeah. a Zoom call or something. Nice. I was telling you. Um, if you're listening <clears throat> to this, you missed it. Look it on YouTube <clears throat> or something. Yeah, I told my coworkers um, during a Zoom meeting because we had a meeting about the student and we were talking about that. And I was like, you know, there's going to be a, a, like a dog inauguration for, the, <laughs> for his dog. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there was something about like that because he was a, he a was, rescue. Yeah, he was a so, rescue. Yeah. So they're going to do something special for him. Yeah. I, I, they're going to have a cat I, too, I think. Oh, they do. I huh. think so. I think I, I read. Maybe. I think Trump is like one of the only one of the few fam like presidents that didn't have a dog. Like <laughs> they're probably allergic to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All all good natured animals. <laughs> maybe spiders like him. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Worms, slugs. I feel. I feel like spiders are better than Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Great quote. <laughs> um, but yeah. There's going to be a lot to get through here, so let's go ahead and move on to probably your new favorite segment, Mindy Tries It. Uh, Again, going through the box here, and I'm going to hand you a bag. I'll describe it first. It's a little pink bag with, you know, Japanese lettering on it. And on the front, they honestly look like picnics. They might just be picnics. Mm. If you're not familiar here, they come in little cans. Yeah, these look... There's like little... 
red jelly things. And it's, can you guess? I, I mean, it's it's called Supa Mucho Plum. Mm. Can you guess? Is it's very literal as what it looks like. Yeah, so. I'm not sure. It's thick potato. Thick potato. <laughs> very literal. Like an ode to the Japanese plum tree, every bite of these thin, crispy potato sticks carries the floral notes of plum blossoms hmm. and the sourness of umeboshi, which is pickled plum, and the earthiness of shisho, which is perilla, perilla leaves. And it's veg- it's a vegetarian snack. It just smells like potatoes. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining this tastes like picnics. Okay. Go ahead. Mm. Uh oh, she's grimacing. Mm. Is it one of those that tastes better later or no? Oh, well, you have to eat okay. it. But I, I need handful. to try more. Okay. Because it, initially it tastes it's very sweet. It tastes like potato at first, but then it has this weird aftertaste. Oh, it tastes a lot like picnics to me. Mm. Just with the sweetness to it. Mm. That's not as good. Yeah, I don't like the aftertaste. <laughs> well, I feel eating. I don't like the front, the before taste. Or the initial taste. Yeah. Mm. Not into it. Mm. Yeah, if it wasn't as sweet. <laughs> She's still eating them, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm still eating them. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting warm. Mm. Alright, well, they're not, not. They're not my favorite. Are you still going to give them a passing? Um, yeah. Because <laughs> they're not terrible. Okay. Like, I don't want to, like, throw it up or anything. <laughs> I mean, I want to, like, spit it out. That would be extreme. But, um, it just, like, some, like, it tastes good sometimes, and then sometimes it's, like, a little bit sweet, and I don't want to like that. Mm. So, I enjoy the parts where it's not sweet, but then it's, when it is sweet, it's like, eh. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, so barely passing grade, we'll give it on mm-hmm. that one. So before we get into all the hacking, let's go ahead and uh, we have a special edition of Questioning Florida this week. This is a special insurrection edition. As you might guess, it has to do with what we were just talking about at the top of the show. This is from uh, USA Today, and it's an article of January 15th. So this one will be a little bit different. It's more of a, a longer story, but it's about... Um, the podium guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that was posing, like smiling, holding, carrying the, po- the mm-hmm. podium. Um, the headline: After the Capitol riot, one Florida man became podium guy. Another Florida man turned him in. <laughs> so um, this is in Parrish, Florida. Alan Mestel booked a flight to Washington D.C. to photograph the pro-Trump demonstrations on January sixth, but he canceled it. After his wife warned him, this will escalate into riots. So, smart. She's smart. That's why you need a wife around sometimes. (laughs) For the past four years, the photographer from Southwest Florida has chronicled the Black Lives Matter movement through his Nikon lens. A proud liberal himself, Mestel has attended dozens of BLM street rallies. He's also crossed the lines into the counter-protest to document the names and faces of President Trump's supporters. He was at the protests when the Confederate monument was removed from the local courthouse in Florida's Manatee County. He has been in the face of screaming Proud Boys and threatened by QAnon conspiracy theorists. 
Each time, he's published the photos online and shared them with officials from the Democratic Party. He planned to do the same thing during the Stop the Steal events in Washington. Instead, he was following the attack on the Capitol online. Then he saw the photo. A man in a Trump hat smiled ear to ear as he made off with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's podium. In the hours after the riot, the internet dubbed him Podium Guy. But Mestel knew his name, Adam Christian Johnson. That sounds just like a not a great nickname, Podium Guy. <laughs> it's just, I mean, he took a podium and he's a guy. You'd, sometimes you don't have to be creative, I guess. The two men from southwest Florida, on opposite sides of the political spectrum, had crossed paths before. Now one had become an instant icon for the far right and the other was ready to turn him in. It's weapons-grade stupidity, he said. <laughs> the degree of entitlement he must have felt. By the time Johnson arrived in D.C., he bragged on his Facebook page that he had been drinking alcohol in four different states. Hmm. Cool guy, right? I guess. <laughs> his posts show him in airport selfies with other MAGA supporters who hoped to stop the certification of the electoral vote for President-elect Joe Biden. In one of the images, Johnson writes going to stay safe in D.C. as he poses with his face mask covering his eyes instead of his mouth. <laughs> okay. Alongside him, another Trump supporter is wearing his neck gaiter like a hijab. So they're just purposely like making fun of masks. Masks, yeah. of course. Um, Adam Johnson posted this photo from in- posted this photo from inside the U.S. Capitol on his Facebook page. It's since been taken down. From the crowd at the insurrection, Johnson smiled as he raised his hand right in front of a wall of police, captioning the Facebook post with the word riot. As he breached security and entered the Capitol, Johnson posed for another shot, this time smirking next to the sign, notifying the public that the building was closed to all tours. His response? No. So he's just like openly defying every on every step of... And it's like, sir, you don't get to decide if you can go in or not. <laughs> yeah. His trip culminated with someone else posting the photo seen around the world. A widespread search to identify him immediately spun through Twitter. The image has become a hallmark of the attack on the U.S. Capitol that left five dead. Both from the same county, Mestel and Johnson had mutual friends and attended some of the same social events. Mestel couldn't forget Johnson's face or the attacks he launched on liberals from his social media feeds, which have been taken down. He immediately went to the FBI with a tip. Uh, Mistel says he spends all of his time trolling the alt-right websites. His social media was very much pro-conspiracy theory, anti-Black Lives Matter, and anti-liberal. It seemed to be very, uh, pretty much the focus of what made him tick and took up most of his time. Which is so sad to me. <laughs> Either, no matter which way you are, like, spending that much time on this is, like, it can't be healthy for you. Probably not. You know, I firsthand some people, like... <laughs> That have let it just consume their lives. And it's just like if it's full of Trump hate just 24 7 or full of love for him and hate of liberals, it's just, it's not healthy, man. Johnson, who attended college at the University of South Florida, is currently unemployed and stays at home with his kids, according to interviews and local media reports. Just days after the insurrection, the family hosted a New Year's Eve party where people were seen without masks despite the raging coronavirus pandemic. Acquaintances who spoke to USA Today said 36-year-old's passion for Trump and hatred toward the left is well-known and evident throughout his social media. He's not active in local GOP circles, and he actually didn't even vote in the 2016 election. <laughs> uh, it goes on to say, like, many prominent local Republicans had never even heard of him, so he never really did much until yeah. this. 
Um, when Mestel recognized Johnson in the podium image, he felt it was his patriotic duty to report everything he knew. For years, he's faced backlash, threats, and hate mail from neo-Nazis and right-wing conspiracy theorists. Online, they flooded his business with fake reviews, um, calling him a rat, snitch, scum, and every other name in the book. I think the Trump cult, the conspiracy theory component, goes deeper and beyond any sort of individual Republican Party values, uh, Mistel said. So, yeah, that's how it seems like. There's two separate, like, coalitions of like that of the right Com- side. Yeah. There's Republicans and conservatives, and then there's, like, the Trumpers, which is, like... I mean, then there's the ones that are Republicans that support the Trumpers, which is like, well, they're well, basically Well, I mean, Trumpers. I think it's just because, like, without the support of the Trumpers. Yeah, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll wrap it up here. Uh, the day of the riot, Mistel filled out a form on the FBI website explaining what he knew about Johnson. He says he has now spoken to three different investigators. He said one of the agents even laughed about how they all wished all of their ca- about how they wished all of their cases were this easy, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier. Johnson is facing one count of knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building without lawful authority, one count of theft of government property, and one count of violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. He's among dozens who've been arrested so far in the connection to the riot. Out on bond, he's restricted from traveling outside the 35 Florida counties that make up the, the federal court system's middle district. Criminal law experts predict he could face two to three years in prison, which doesn't seem that high to me. Yeah. <laughs> like that much to me, right? There's like drug offenses that are worse, are worse than that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's another topic for another yeah. day. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what how seriously they're all taking it. The, the case won't be about guilt or innocence, considering there's photographic evidence of Mr. Johnson's guilt. It'll be about the, what the appropriate penalty should be, said a defense attorney. And, and then they actually talk to his attorneys, too. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not a magician, and neither is Mr. Bigney. We've got a photograph of our client in what appears to be inside the federal <laughs> bir- building, inside the Capitol, with government property. So as of now, he's scheduled to go back to Washington for court on the 19th, which is the day before the inauguration. And the podium is back where it's supposed to be. According to news reports, Pelosi was standing at it Wednesday when she signed the article of impeachment that was the second time Trump was mm-hmm. impeached. So, yeah. Uh, leave it to she Florida, She was probably man. like, like, you know that... Um, that picture of Sheldon where he, she's he's like has the jacket over his oh, nose yeah. and has, has yeah like the a, Febreze or whatever that's Nancy oh, Pelosi yeah. afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they better have wiped the hell out of that thing the entire building really mm-hmm. wiped it down so I mean this is a separate case so not really I'm not going to give him a Florida man's core oh my I'll give him my own like we'll say treason two million points two million points <laughs> yeah. No, nothing's ever going to beat that one. Well, I mean, Treason's don't don't death Florida. <laughs> yeah, there could be a guy that just goes down the whole list. So yeah, there you go. There's uh, not much we can say about that. Everybody knows how stupid this the entire movement and revolt was, and soon it'll be over, and we can move on to um, repairing all the damage. Yeah, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, let's get into our hacking. Was it easy for you to find something, or took you? A bit? Um, it was a little bit more difficult because I mean, it's not like yeah, yeah. computers have a, haven't existed I mean, yeah. for that long. Um, it's not going to be like Henry VIII hacked. A- <laughs> no, there's nothing good. Well, actually, the oldest computer. I think I, I did a story about that mm-hmm. at some point. 
probably. But I already did that, so I'm not going to talk about that. And maybe I did. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> Take the tapes. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I did, though. Um, so I found another story that kind of has a kind of a lot of my interests in it. Okay. So uh, I'm going to be talking about this guy. I'm going to talk about two people, actually. Okay. Um, Separate stories? Yeah. Okay. But during the same time. So um, this takes place during World War II. Okay. One of my favorite time periods, not because I like it, but it's just <laughs> interesting. In this. Um, so, you know, Nazi Nazis, they wanted to kill Jewish people. Right. Like any like type of Jew, like even like Jewish people that switched to Christianity didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Someone that married into a Jewish family didn't like them. Like anyone, like any like little. Yeah. Um, and so they... The Nazis wanted to find a way to, um, I guess, cross-index, like, all the Jewish people not living in Germany, but in also other countries they conquered. Um, so they need, they wanted some kind of system. Mm. Um, make, make sure they don't miss any? Yeah. Um, and to like, can, kind of keep them organized and see, like, how many they killed and stuff like that. It's like a Jew census. Yeah. And so the ideal thing would be, like, a computer, like a database. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have that in 1933. So what they did um, is they found something kind of close to it. And this is where my other favorite interest is. Mm. Um, we all know IBM, right? Yeah. Um, well, IBM actually helped the Nazis develop a system where they used a punch card and a card sorting system to... Um, to identify people and like you know they had different demographics like they're mm. like white or black or female or male and then most important to the Nazis were are they Jewish yeah um, and so not a great start IBM <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and that's what I like is like you think like IBM is like this great company which is it which it is but it's kind of like there's its dark, dark history past, yeah, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. IBM, um, you're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did... No, he doesn't... He goes... He goes... <laughs> no one's going to know the reference. <laughs> I think the hand movements you can't see. But anyways. Um, so, um, IBM primarily through its German subsidiary... Subsidiary. Hmm? Number three. You got it. <laughs> Take a sip and then you got it. <laughs> you started come on just confidence want me to say it once yeah subsidiary subsidiary <laughs> subsidiary there you go there you go <laughs> help make make this machine I forgot the sentence at this point but it's okay <laughs> um IBM in Germany, using its own staff and equipment, designed, executed, and then dis- supplied the indispensable technolo- technology to assist Hitler's Third Reich. Hmm. Um, needed to accomplish what they've never done before, the automation of human destruction. Hmm. More than 2,000 such multi-machine sets were dispatched throughout Germany and thousands throughout German-dominated Europe. Um, card sorting operations were established in every major concentration camp. 
people were moved from place to you place. You sound so serious right now. Your tone just changed. I mean, did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Well, because the, the, there's this whole paragraph talking about like Nazis when they did, but it's like, I can just summarize it real quick. Yeah, please. Yeah. But this one is more like... Okay. Detailed. Okay. And not... A, a, yeah. A, yeah. You're a reading. Uh, people were moved from place to place, systematically worked to death, and their remains cataloged with... Uh, I see automation. And so let me show you the machine real quick. And so that's the actual machine. And then these are like the cards that they would like oh, okay. put the person's information in. And so they would just put like, um, you would label like, you know, all the classifications and then you just put it through the machine and it would like keep just, track of it. Yeah, just a, just a big boxy machine with little report card looking things that you use for people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we'll get to our hero, Renee Caramel, or I don't know how to spell his name, but Renee, we're calling him Renee. Um, he was a punch card computer expert in um, Comintrar? Sure. General? I don't know. I guess that's a, the, like, a, I guess the people that control the Yeah, we're not computer. geographers. Um, yeah. Oh, the French army who later would head up the demographics department of the French National Statistics Service. Um, as quickly as IBM worked with Nazis to enable them to use their punch card computer systems to update census data to find out and round out the Jewish citizens, Rene and his team were double agents and worked at just as fast to manipulate their data to undermine their efforts. Hmm. Nice. Um, the IEEE newspaper, which I don't know what that stands for. Hmm. Um, the Institute describes Rene as being an early ethical hacker. Do you okay. know what an ethical hacker is? And like you do, you hack for the good of some, like, mankind. <laughs> then, <laughs> as, as opposed to what the Russian flowers people did. <laughs> IEEE might be like Institute of Ethical, what was it? Hacking. Early Ethical something? I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't matter. Basically, ethical hacking, um, or sometimes it's called penetration testing, (laughs) is an act of intruding slash penetrating into a system or networks to find out threat vulnerabilities in those systems, um, which a malicious attacker may find to exploit causing the loss of data, financial loss, or other. So you're basically hacking to see if it's hackable, and then you can fix it. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, like, they... I, they just call it penetration and ethical hacking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. At the time. Or sure. maybe now they still do. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, over the course of two years, Renee and his group purposely delayed the process by mishandling the punch cards. He also hacked his own machines, reprogramming them so they'd never punch information from column 11, which indicated religion. On the, on the census card. Okay. <laughs> the, so, conveniently, the one that would... <laughs> it's like, oh, what? that's not important. I don't it's know fine. why 11's not working. Sorry, know. guys. Um, his work to identify and build and his exploit saved thousands of Jews from being rounded up and deported to death camps. I love these stories of people that do that, like, did this at the time. Like, different ways of how they saved so many people. Yeah, well, he's... It's, it's always, like, so... They're always so creative, and it's just, like... Uh, they they just find ways to do it like it, whatever field they're good at or something. It's, it's yeah, it's cool. and it's it's brave because like a lot of the times you know you, you don't know if you're gonna get away with it. Yeah, 
You get caught, you're screwed. Speaking of getting caught, mm, great. <laughs> Renee was arrested <laughs> in 1944. He was interrogated for two days by Klaus Barbie. Just Barbie? Yeah, Barbie, like B-A-R-B-I-E. Oh, wow. That's an, it is Barbie. A cruel and brutal SS and Gestapo officer called the Butcher of Lion. Mm. But he, he should just go by that. Yeah. <laughs> Not by Klaus Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he still didn't break under the torture. And then um, he was sent to the Dachau concentration camp where he died in 1945. Uh, hmm. So, Well, thank you for what you did. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I'm sure he thinks it was worth it. He was willing to die for it. Probably. And so he's kind of like an early hacker. Hmm. Saving lives and shit. Awesome. Um, there's another guy I want to talk about because he's not... He's not necessarily a hacker, but he's someone cool that I found. <laughs> okay. Oh, I think, sorry. Okay. This guy's name is Walter, and he has like those that you with two dots on top, like Seuss kind. Oh, okay. It's Seuss. like some kind of uh, like Netherlands or like yeah, because it's spelled it's spelled S U dots S K I N D. So I don't know how you Seuss-kind. can Seusskind. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, he was a German Jew who managed the. Uh, Hollandich, <laughs> so <many> Schlausberg, <laughs> or Dutch theater. I'm sorry for my yeah. uh, German, our German listeners. I'm botching your religion, your religion, your your language. You're also botching the word botching. Botching. <laughs> I think you said botchering. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you combine it with butchering. Butchering, yeah. Okay, you made your own word. Yeah. All right. Um, creating her own language right yeah. in front of her eyes. <laughs> Um, so I apologize. <laughs> For that also. <laughs> For all of it, really. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to leave. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to have a Germany episode anytime soon. You might have a stroke yeah, on that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's Especially because German is just such a language that's not... Yeah. Like, English, English is the most similar, but it's not as to, hard. Because, I mean, out of oh, the most... Like, hard to... Yeah, like the, similar in how they speak. Mm. I mean, compared to like Spanish, Spanish is like nothing like German. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyways. All right. So he owned this. Oh, he was a manager of this theater where Jews had to report themselves for deportation to the camps. He used his position to manipulate the information and transport of Jewish children, many of them infants, to save more than six hundred oh, wow. from the death camps. Nice. During Jewish deportations, the Nazis put the young children in a nursery across the street instead of the theater. The Jewish director of the nursery uh, put together a plan, uh, together with uh, Walter, um, and economist Felix Helverstad set up a system to rescue children by transporting them through the garden behind the nursery. Um, The children were secretly ferried to a teacher training college to help of... uh, with help of the head of the school, um, and Walter and Felix ensured that these children were not registered and removed their names from the records of the mm. theater. Yeah, I could, I'd say that's like hacking time. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, so it I counts. mean, yeah, so they were like, so like those two guys, like they were the ones that physically moved them, but uh, Walter and the other economist dude um, made sure like the, the Nazis didn't even know they were like there. Yeah. So they wouldn't suspect anything. Um, so Walter was at great personal risk 
um, a great personal risk, also kindled close relationships with the ISS. I mean, ISS. In school suspension? (laughs) With uh, SS leadership to attempt to manipulate them. He used his position of privilege to gather critical information that he could use to update and destroy records (laughs) by misrepresenting the number of Jews that were expected to report to leave from his theater, thereby saving more children. Yeah, it's like, that's not 600, that's just (laughs) 6.00. Yeah, and and you know the zeros, it don't matter, so it's Mm -hmm. really six. Yeah. Yeah. I just added that for fun. <laughs> um, it's my own system, okay? Just Yeah, it, just don't question how it works. It just works, okay? <laughs> Heisen! <laughs> um, in 1945, Walter, his wife, and his daughter were sent to Wester, Westbrook Transit Camp, where he attempted again, however unsuccessfully, to help Jews escape. Hmm. Didn't work this time? Yeah, no. Um, it's noteworthy that his good relations with the SS would have uh, afforded Walter and his family safety if he had chosen to take it. Instead, he used his inside knowledge to choose to save as many as he could right yes. until the end of his life. He died on one of the death marches through an unknown location in, in Central Europe in 1945. He was only 38. Mm. So, Another know. hero. Another hero. A couple of hacker heroes there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's It's good to... It's. Weird to hear about good people in your story. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm going to change it up. Let's talk about good people. Yes. Yeah. Very good. So mine is, um, so we went from bad, questioning Florida, um, to good with yours. And this one, um, just more. It's a bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad, but also um, funny. (laughs) Okay. I I saw this about you know over a week ago and I was like okay I got I got to read this one because this is you can't make this shit up. Um, this is from January 11th. Okay, so yeah, about a week ago of this year, and it's from Vice.com. And let's see if you know this term and what the uh, what the headline is saying. Okay, probably not. You might. Um, okay, headline. Doing <laughs> going back to headline. Hacker locks. Internet-connected chastity cage demands ransom. Wait. Chastity cage? Yes, that's the term you would need to know to understand what I'm talking about. And if you know it at home, you're probably laughing and you're like, what the hell? Well, I mean, I know before, like, they had chastity belts mm-hmm. to, like, so if find you, your junk. I'm going to send you a picture of, of the device that was hacked. So, on one side, I see a phone. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, it just seems like a uh, kind of long device um, about penis length long. <laughs> <laughs> about one penis long? Yeah. And um, it has like a shackle on it or something on the back or like a clip? Yeah, like something like you would clip, I don't know, like, I mean, testicles too or whatever. <laughs> I don't know about that part, but um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, you're on the right track with chastity belts and all that stuff. So the sub-headline here on Vice is, Turns out giving an internet-connected device control of your penis may not be the best idea ever. Hmm. So... Is it kind of like, um... There was this trend going on with, like, Pokemon, where um, this guy would play Pokemon, but everyone in the chat could control, like, how they moved. (laughs) So, like, it it was just, like, craziness. Yeah. 
Sure, let's go ahead and equate uh, a penis shackle to Pokemon games. Okay, let's do that. Okay, only on a typically topical level. Um, Is this the content you like? <laughs> do you want more of this? <laughs> Tell your friends. This is the kind of stuff they're missing out on. Okay, let's get into it. It's not a, it's not a long story. Okay. A hacker took control of... So, by the way, I feel better after reading this that at least it was just some financial information that was taking control. Not that I would ever use one of these, but anyways. A hacker took control of people's internet-connected chastity cages and demanded a ransom to be paid in Bitcoin to unlock it. Wait, okay, so I'm confused already. <laughs> They're going to say what it is if you want to know that. Oh, okay, I'll just wait, and if it doesn't... If it, you don't if it doesn't clear it up, yeah, you, yeah, you, then can, I'll answer. you can question this, too. Your cock is mine now, the hacker told one of the victims, according to a screenshot of the conversation. <laughs> In October of last year, security researchers found that the manufacturer of a chastity cage, which is a sex toy that users put around their penis to prevent erections that's used in the BDSM community and can be unlocked remotely, had left an exposed an exposed API, which is like, it, it gives... Uh, hackers a chance to take control. Okay, I think we need one of our people, one of our listeners that are into uh, BDSM. BS. Yeah, to let us know, like, what does that do, like, for you sexually? Like, is it is it like kind of control? Like you, <laughs> like you're the power, the dominant one, and you can control. When they you mean you want them to explain the whole BDSM in general, or no, the no, no, specific like, use of a chastity? Yeah, cage? during yeah. Oh God, who knows? I don't, I don't know. We don't have that much of an audience. Well, <laughs> well it's kind of like I, I get it. Like they like you know their dominance, inferior <laughs> person, and that like control dynamic. So I'm like I'm wondering if this is kind of like you know whoever is dominant can control like you know there are the other person's arousal and that's what maybe arouses them more or i don't know i don't understand no judgment i just i just want to <laughs> understand why this is a thing <laughs> yeah i don't know if this answers that i don't know uh, alexa why do people use chastity cages hmm, I don't know. yeah see she doesn't know either mm. i have a feeling uh i had to try i think so, <laughs> so. Once it was exposed to um, hacking, that's exactly what happened, according to a security researcher. The victim who asked to be identified only as Robert, which I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be identified by any anything other than that if this happened to me. Said that he received a message from a hacker demanding a payment of 0. 0.02 Bitcoin. Any idea of what that is in, in dollars? Any, any wild ballpark well, guess? Well, I know the value of Bitcoin already dropped. Okay. Recently. I actually thought it, it rose recently pretty high. I heard it dropped. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Anyways, um, so like a Bitcoin is like, I'm guessing like around like $400,000 or oh, something. Shit, I think you're way off. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. One Bitcoin right now is 36000 Oh, 36000 yeah. Wait, so if they're asking for 0. 0.4? 0.02. 0.02. I mean, you're not gonna be able to do that math anyway. Yeah. Let's be let's be honest. Just give a random guess, and Is then I'll it tell like you. Like ten thousand. It's seven fifty. Seven fifty. Seven hundred fifty dollars. So <laughs> nothing crazy. Yeah. Um. So he demanded that payment to unlock the device. He realized his cage was definitely locked, and he could not gain access to it. Fortunately, I didn't have this locked on myself while this ha while this happened. He said. So I mean, that's. <laughs> That makes this a little less juicy, but still. Yeah. 
yeah, still dangerous. I wasn't the owner of the cage anymore, so I didn't have full control over the cage at any given moment, said another victim named RJ. They're all just giving like initials but, or first name. But why are they just, do they just have it on all the time or? I mean, it's like our, it's like our lo- smart lock. Like it's, it's always, you can always unlock it or lock it, you know. But uh, so like, <laughs> did, did they just happen to have it on when they got hacked and? I mean, I don't know how it's powered. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's a charge device or, or battery, but I imagine well, because, I mean, if you're going to use it for, you know, sex, you would wear it when you're having sex, not yeah, like, on like, a daily... But it's like, even when you put it up, it's still internet connected. You're not going to just, like, disable Wi-Fi every time you turn it off, because what if you have an emergency? <laughs> Sorry, but, that car really just threw us off. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, I don't know. Okay, RJ also said he got a message from the hacker, who said they had control of the cage and wanted a payment to unlock it. These hacks show once again that just because you can connect just some, just because you can connect something to the internet, it doesn't mean you have to. Especially if you then don't take care of securing the device or its connection. So the manufacturer is named Kiwi. It's a China-based company, but it's Q I U I. So I'm, I'm guessing that's how you say it. I don't know. It could be Shuyi or something. Mm. Which is aptly called Cellmate. Didn't respond to a qu- request for comment. A U.S. distributor said in an email that the flaw that allowed the hack to lock the victim's cages was fixed in the latest version of the app. So they had a patch for it. Oh, okay. Penis patch. A security researcher at Pentis Partners who audited the cellmate device confirmed that some users received the extortion messages and said this highlights the need for better security practices. Yeah, I would say. Almost every company and product is going to have some kind of vulnerability in its lifetime. Maybe not as bad as this one, but something, he said. It's important that all companies have a way for researchers to contact them and that they keep in touch with them. And they wrap it up with this. As usual, be careful with, uh, be careful what devices you trust with your data, or in this case, with your genitals. <laughs> so, okay. wise words. Yeah. Because my thing is, like, if, if you don't have it on and you just they lock it, like, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. But but that's what I'm asking. Like, did they just have it on and they just and they hacked it and then? Um. Uh, so it looks like these two people didn't have it on. But oh, okay. Um. Yeah, because they both said they didn't have it on, which that's what I'm saying. It didn't make it as funny. But the okay. fact that he said your cock is mine now, uh, mm. <laughs> and that there probably there could have been who knows how widespread this was to other people. Um, I'm sure this has happened before to somebody. And if it and if it has happened to you guys, reach out to us at atypicallytopical at gmail. Let's get We don't have that at email. Um, uh, so yeah, just uh, yeah. I still don't really know the appeal. It's it's supposed to prevent you from an erection. So I mean, it's like it's, you're I, supposed I, to not do it, or it's like I don't know. I, I I get. I think it's be. It's beyond I, my scope. I think it's a, just like a power dominance thing. Yeah. Again, I'm just speculating, but if you are into this, let me know, because I don't, because I mean... DM her. Yeah, DM me, and we'll talk about it so I can understand. DM her about BDSM, guys. DM my (laughs) wife (laughs) about BDSM, and then we'll address it on episode 85. Yeah, then I can inform the people, because this is information that is pertinent to everyone. (laughs) Well said. And uh, yeah, that's it. That wraps up Hackers. Nice. Well done. I learned a lot. Hope you did too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, uh. Learn that just about anything can be hacked if it's connected to the internet. So be careful, guys. Yeah. And on that note, let's go ahead and raise our glasses here and go grab a refill. Bye, guys. Bye. Spiders are better than Trump. <laughs>